Welcome to Lifting Leaders Podcast, where we are unleashing leader possibilities to make a better world. I'm Crystal Roberts, and together with Trisha Ryan, we're diving deeper into some of the complexities of the world's most critical challenges and exploring innovative ways of navigating through them. Through interviews with experts and leaders just like you, we're exploring what it takes to thrive as a leader today and examining new ways of thinking about how to creatively lead into a more equitable, socially responsible, and sustainable future. And the future starts now. Crystal, how are you? I am fantastic. Yeah, I've had a really, really good week. Lots of good work. Um, Busy week, though, yes? It was a really busy week. I got to go down to Dallas and kick off a leadership Hmm. program that we're in the second cohort, and it was really fun, and Dallas was absolutely gorgeous. Um, Mm. It's like 75 degrees, and all the flowers are out, and it was really lovely, and came back here, and (laughs) it's been hailing ever since. (laughs) You know, it's funny. I did see a picture that you posted um, yeah. on your account, and and you were standing in front of a fountain, and I thought, yeah. oh my gosh, it, the sun was out, it was the skies were blue, everything was gorgeous. Yeah, and I was sitting here watching it rain <laughs> on my deck, and i i have I have a, a, a lawn furniture cover on my lawn furniture this year, yeah. and and. With all the rain we've had, there's like a little pool in yeah. one section of it. <laughs> yeah. And it was almost iced over the other day. And I was thinking, I'm looking at this picture. It clearly is 80 degrees somewhere, but it's not here. <laughs> <laughs> it was beautiful, though. Yeah, I was a little bit of bragging when I... when mm. I. <laughs> it's <laughs> <But> okay. <laughs> what made it actually kind of fun was that I had just gotten a text that my, my flight was delayed. Oh. And since I hadn't actually gotten to the airport and given up my car yet I thought you know what I'm gonna enjoy this beautiful weather so for me that was a good thing it wasn't like racing to the airport and I could actually pause for mm-hmm. a moment and enjoy the beautiful weather so and they, it was there fun. are so many beautiful places there I mean a lot of people have never yeah. been to Texas but there are so many wonderful places I used to have a an office that mm. I would go to there all the time and and Getting from the airport to my office wasn't so pretty, but once you got out of town a little bit, it was actually gorgeous, you mm. know, just very different, very yeah. flat, a lot flatter yeah. than I expected, but it was really beautiful. Yeah, so so it was a good week, a lot of fun. We've got a lot to talk about. We just had a major worldwide celebration, if you will, and a call to action, and that's Earth Day, right? Yes, yeah. Earth Day number 53. 53 years of Earth Day. Can you believe that? Yeah. It's such a an important day. Mm-hmm. But I think what a lot of people are also saying, and they would agree with you, earthday.org, which is the organization who actually sort of keeps this alive. Mm-hmm. They are the central focus for an organization that it's about a rally cry for the whole year. Yes. Right? So it, while it's one day of focus. It's really about trying to get people excited and enthusiastic and focused on what can we do this whole year? There are so many things that we do, not only in this country, but worldwide that, that we celebrate. We may have a month dedicated to somebody or something, right? But this one is to me a real heart touch because 
53 years ago, I remember in school planting trees because it was the very first Earth mm. Day, right? Yeah. It was a huge buildup, you know, and it was a big deal because I lived in California and California was a big place for this kind of stuff back then because we had so much pollution and so many things that were going bad about, you know, the the world at that time. But people were on board. And I'm looking at it 53 years later and I'm saying, what have we done? We've done a lot. We have done a lot. And there's so much more to do. So many more things. And when you think about why we do what we do, our vision is to make a better world, right? Yeah. And their vision, very similar. Earth Day's mission is to diversify, educate, and activate the environmental movement worldwide. They say, growing out of the first Earth Day in 1970, EarthDay.org is the world's largest recruiter to the environmental movement, working with more than 150,000 partners. Mm. 150,000 partners in over 192 countries to drive positive action for our planet. They also talk about on their website that 1 billion individuals have been mobilized for the future of the planet. 1 billion. So it's inspiring just to see the numbers of people that they have inspired. Right. And... And of course, it's a grassroots effort, right? So it's one person who inspires another person who inspires another person. A lot of these things, these events happen in the communities in which they, um, that people are closest to. So they're getting out there and cleaning parks and doing all kinds of things. So we really hope maybe you had an opportunity to actually do something on Earth Day. Mm -hmm. When when I think about the question that I asked few minutes ago about what has really changed over in the last 53 years. There's a lot that of change that's happened. But when I think back to 1970, when that first Earth Day happened, there were very few people that were involved. You know, probably it was a lot of people, I shouldn't say very few people, there were a lot of people involved, but it was only in the United States at that point. And it didn't take long for that grassroots effort to take hold in other countries. So it's amazing to me that billions of people now are involved in this. And if we've got that many people involved in it, if we've got that many organizations that are on board with doing something to support our environment and our future and sustaining this earth, how can we lose? How can we lose, right? Yeah. It, and it takes everyone. We, we need everybody's ideas. We need everybody's voice. Yeah. And this is one way that people are getting engaged in mm. it. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. And so we were talking earlier before we started today. So before we actually move on, we, we <laughs> want to celebrate also another big event. We've just rolled out number 50. Yeah, this is our ah. our 50th yes. episode. So we're pretty excited about that. And we love the synchronicity around the fact that it's actually, well, we're celebrating Earth Day. Yes. Yeah. It's just, it's exciting. Yeah. You know, you and I have always envisioned many, 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 many podcast episodes. And we're, we're excited. We, I don't think our momentum has failed once no. I mean, we're, we're, we just get more and more excited about doing this, right? Yeah. And 
I am just so loving the fact that we've hit 50. We've, we've been counting down for like the last 10 going, <laughs> only 10 more, only nine more, only eight. We're there. Yeah, we've, we're we've there it. at 50. So thank you yes. to our listeners who inspire us every day. We love to see your comments. We also love to hear from you in person. We, we, we have a, a very loyal group of people that we know that are that communicate with us. And then also just, we see you in our numbers. Mm -hmm. We see those numbers going up. Oh, it's 50 people. Oh, it's a hundred people. Oh, it's 500 people. Yes. We like love to see that. So we see every one of you um, listening and we really appreciate that. We are so grateful that we have you as listeners and we hope that you'll continue to listen because we're just getting better. Yeah. So you, you inspire us and we hope that we're inspiring you as well. So happy, happy episode 50. Yes. So because of that, and thinking about our original vision mm -hmm. of why we were doing this work, and the fact that it's Earth Day, and we are also inspired by that original vision around bringing people together to make a better world. And one other thing that is sort of aligning as far as timing goes, is the timing of spring. Mm. And while that might not yes. think, it might not be top of mind to say, oh, spring and vision, we really think it is because we think about the earth, spring is a time of planting. So as we are planting, we also have a vision of what those seeds will become, a vision of the flowers and the vegetables and the different things that will be growing, those strawberries that are going to be coming out. So you have to have a vision. You have to hold a vision mm -hmm. in order to reap the benefits in the fall, to nourish your body and to share with your neighbors. And so I love spring as a as a time of visioning. Yeah, it's exactly what a vision is, isn't it? It's yeah. really, you know, what do we want to harvest? Yeah. Right? What do we envision harvesting? And so it's it's planting. It's also the planning on the front end, right? So it's like, yeah. what do we want it to look like? We may not know what yeah. that's going to be, but that's part of being a vision, right? Right. And it's the hope of the future. Yes. It's the hope of the future. So having a vision is really what gives you hope. We put those, those seeds, which are so small, mm -hmm. and... Sometimes you're not even totally sure what's going to come out of the earth, right? But you put them in there with a little bit of faith and some hope that it's going to grow into this giant pumpkin yes. or a tall sunflower. But you hold that hope for that and and you have to nourish it along the way and you have to do your weeding. But if everything works out all right with that sunshine and everything mm -hmm. else, you get some beautiful things to harvest and be able to hopefully even share, right, with that zucchini that's overflowing. <laughs> <laughs> Which that's is always what fun. happens in my garden. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's really, you know, vision is really what gives structure yeah. and, and some foundation to hope. Yeah. You know, it's it, without, without that vision, you know, you can hope, but what are you hoping for? Right. Right? Yeah. 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 Very cool. So we talked about vision and we thought, you know, let's land on vision, this being spring and, and all these wonderful things going on. And, and we're not quite sure what the future holds, but why don't we take a look at how to, what is a vision? What are things, yeah. you know, what is it? How is it? You know, why is it? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So we thought, let's have a coach's corner. 
Love so, it. <laughs> so you're invited into our corner here with a couple of executive coaches to talk about vision. And so we're going to get kind of practical here about mm-hmm. what is it? Why is it important? Who needs to have a vision? What are some questions that a vision actually answers? And how do you actually build that vision? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And we are actually going to share a little bit from an article that we were just looking at that, you know, some of it is good and some of it we don't necessarily agree with, but um, that's okay too, right? It is okay. So it's going to help guide our discussion. We'll put a link to it in the show notes. Absolutely. But we're also going to talk about our experiences, which sometimes vary a little bit from the article. So if we start out this Coach's Corner today with the question, what is a vision? And we've talked about spring and everything, but what is a vision? What do you think, Crystal? Yeah. So this I do actually agree with the article Oh, and here's the name of the article. We'll give you the name of the article. That might be good. How to Develop Your Corporate Vision. And that is from Cheryl Lyons, who is part of the Forbes Council. And so, this is outside. This came out in at the end of 2020. The concept in it still stands. So, yeah, right. yeah. So a vision really is a, a statement. So it's a, it's a written statement about where you're headed. And... A vision statement needs to drive employee engagement, and it needs to have some emotional response. It sparks emotional response that makes employees want to contribute to building your company's ideal future. Mm. So that's all about corporate. But also visions can be for individuals. We think about, you know, we've talked about having a vision board. So individuals can have them as well. And the idea, though, is it's a statement of, where you're going and it's about something that you don't know exactly how to get there it needs to be big enough that it's not obvious what the steps are you're going to have to think about what they are and it's beyond what you already know how to do i really like that you brought up the vision board idea because if you think about it we probably have quite a few listeners who don't work in a corporate setting you know they don't work in yeah. a large organization they may be entrepreneurs they may be um, people who are maybe not working in a formal job but definitely have connections with um, other affiliations like church or or some kind of yeah. um, organization or association and vision statements and vision boards and vision everything is is still totally valid and absolutely necessary. I don't know if anybody who is listening has had a chance to do a vision board before, but it's it's really kind of an amazing little journey. Yeah. And you know, if you've never done one and you and you go into it with the idea of I'm not quite sure where I'm going with this, but I just want to, you know, I know I have some ideas of what I'd like or what makes sense to me or what moves me. Let's let's put it on a Let's put it on here visually. Let's put it on here with with pictures or with pens and and glitter or whatever you want to use, right? Yeah. Everybody's vision board looks different. But the whole point is that with a vision, you don't know what the end point looks like. You can, it's it's aspirational, right? It's aspirational. Yeah. Clarity around that for, it's sort of a dream. Like Mm -hmm. what what do I hope? What do I want to have happen? even though I might not right now today know how I'm going to get there. Right, and that that's sort of the point. A vision is, if I'm looking, let's say I walk into 
this building five years from now, having been here today five years earlier, what does it look like? What do I see now that makes me feel comfortable, that makes me feel confident, that makes me glad that this place is still here, you mm -hmm. know? And that makes me want to completely follow it or, or support it in some way. That's a simple way of doing visions is yeah. to say, you know, what does it look like now? What's different? What's different? I think that's Not the, how did we get there, but yeah, what's different? That's right? the big question. What's different between where I am today and where I want to be? Yeah. Three, five, whatever, yeah. however many ever yeah. years from now, right? So what are the questions that we want the vision statement to answer? It's sort of what we started talking about, but it's, you know, what looks different now? What, if it's a business, what keeps customers coming back, right? Yeah. What puts me on the top of the food chain with respect to what we do offer? Mm -hmm. You know, what sets me apart, right, from everyone else? What might we be known for that yes. we don't we aren't now are we now an industry leader are we educating other people about something yes have we have we or are we satisfying um, an earth vision or an earth mission right or yeah. something that has to do with sustainability or environment what is it that we stand for yeah right yeah maybe even what what will have happened is there some big thing that we know is coming up that we want to have actually achieved. So those are some of the questions. I'm sure there, you know, we could go on and on. There are a lot of questions we could answer that would really well define a vision. But I think it would be good if our listeners are interested in that, that go in and look up. You can go into anywhere, you know, any Google or, or any of the um, Bing or any of those things and look up what a vision statement is, and what are some of the questions it answers, because there are a lot, and it depends on where you work and what you do and that kind of thing. Yeah. But who needs a vision anyway? Yeah, I think we kind of started to talk about that. Mm -hmm. it, it, I think it's anyone. Mm -hmm. So corporations need them, individuals need them, teams can have them. Mm -hmm. So taking that pause and thinking about where do we want to go, how do we want things to be different in the future, is always a really important activity for people to do. You know, and you're thinking, you were saying organizations, and then you said teams, and I'm thinking yeah. that is so true. Even within organizations I've worked for where we may have that overarching organizational vision, and then there are visions that support that yeah. within teams and departments, right? And I think the first time I ever realized that that was taking place when I was pretty new in business. You know, I didn't realize, I thought if you had a vision, that was your organization's vision and you yeah. follow that. But the department I was in set their own vision and it was in support of the bigger vision. Actually, it was much more exciting because I was closer to the work yeah. and I had no idea how I was going to get there. But it was so <laughs> yeah. much fun taking that journey with the people I worked with every day. And it was much more in my face because we were a smaller group. So it didn't seem like it was so far away. It didn't yeah. seem like it was so high for me to even achieve, right? Yeah, so, so it grabs your heart more because you have more of an impact on that. And that's really what the leader's role is, mm -hmm. is to understand what that vision is of the organization and then to interpret that for 
each person. Mm -hmm. So you can help engage each person around that so they can see, oh, this is how I can contribute towards achieving this vision. It's sort of a root of inspiration if you're thinking mm -hmm. about, you know, how you move your, your workforce. You always want to engage people, but to do that, inspire them, you know, get it, get their hearts pumping about it. And, and you will find, and I think often you, leaders who, who do this well see not only great success, but certainly a, an amazing amount of satisfaction in their employees who, who are doing something because they understand why. They Absolutely. they see the they see what it what can be yeah. achieved right which yeah. is amazing to me. That's it's really really helpful at least for corporations and organizations for recruiting as well mm -hmm. because people can then they can see how they can make a difference in the world mm -hmm. doing something that is a little bit bigger than just themselves that they're part of something bigger. So that's part of the answer to our next question, which was, you know, why is it important? Yeah. Right? It's, it's important because it, you can bring in top talent, people that are, are engaged to that kind of work, people who will lend their talents, their skills, experience, and their passion behind something if they believe in it, right? right. And so it's a great recruiting tool. It's also um, really good if you're, if you're trying to get backers for what you're doing, yeah. right? To to be able to share your vision and, and get others to see it or come along with you is yeah. a great way to, you know, to get funding if you're an or association or a church or any of those organizations that is not a for-profit organization, right? And for people who are doing their vision statement, you know, this is why why are you doing it? Because perhaps you want some more definition to the direction you're taking in your life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And not so much, um, well, I'll see where the wind blows today and I'll go in that direction. It's great for a while and maybe not for some people, you yeah. know. And so this is there's just so many things that you can be gaining from um, from a vision. And, and that's why it's important too. it gives us some definition in our lives. It gives business definition. It um, makes it more credible because it, it shows that. There's something that you can follow, which which shows that you have um, a commitment to lasting more than a day. Yeah, you know, and we and if you don't have a vision, how long are you going to last? Because you can aspire to do something for a short period of time, thinking that that's going to build momentum. But if you don't really know what you want to look like ten years from now or five years from now. How do you know what direction to go in? How do you know what to do, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's our North Star. Right? It is. It's our alignment tool to make sure that people are actually on board with that vision. And so I do think it, it is great from a recruiting perspective mm -hmm. because if you can't get around that organization's vision, then maybe it's not a great place for you to actually spend your time and talent. Yes, and so well said. I love that you said that because it's vision. And when I know that both of us have, you know, looked at jobs before and, and when you're looking at an organization, looking at their vision, their mission and their values, that's critical if you're if you're a seeker, right? Yeah. Because if you cannot align or if it, if you can't see a line of sight between your values and the values of the organization are you going to be happy are yeah. you going to be able to follow that organization and what they will do in in light of their own values or 
if their vision doesn't inspire you, then how committed are you going to feel like a year down the line or six months? I don't know. You know, you, you could lose, especially when things start getting hard, when things start getting a little uncomfortable because of change going on in the world. If you don't have an idea of what that vision is, you may not know what direction to take and you may lose sight of, of any commitment you had or you may just lose engagement become complacent there are a lot of things that can happen yeah right yeah so those are all reasons why it's important to have a vision statement one thing that you brought up was you were talking about well what about in five years what about in 10 years and i think that's a common question that people have as well how how far out should this vision actually be and (laughs) i think we do have Various ideas, and there's mm-hmm. various ideas out there yep. on what they should be. I'm more of a dreamer, I think. I'm more of one of those people that says, depending on what we're doing, we can think out 25 years. So if we're thinking about big land use issues, we're going to have to think 25, 30 years out. Yes. Like, what do we want this to look like? There's also times when it's appropriate to take a look at it five years out, mm-hmm. 10 years out. So I don't. I don't think that there's one clear answer on that. I think it's that consultant speak about it depends. <laughs> and it, it depends does. on what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. I mean, to your point, if you've got something that, let's say, you know, I am building a freeway, right? You cannot do a three to five year plan because it takes three to five years just to put the project together. Right. right? Yeah. And so, Looking at something 25 years out because that's infrastructure for a state in many cases or possibly a link to across the United States. So it's really important that you take the long, the long view of that, right? However, if you've got a, a company that's pretty small, let's say, um, maybe they only have like 10, 20, 30 people on, in the company. And I know some companies think that's really large. And, and I'm sorry, I, I'm... I'm kind of jaded in that because I've worked in companies that had hundreds of thousands of employees. And so that is a smaller company to me, but probably a really fun company to be in if you're at a, if you're smaller like that, but, but looking beyond like maybe five years might be too long, you know, especially when they have to, they have to pull a profit like pretty, pretty quickly and they need to, um, they start, they need to be innovative because their competition is small too. And they're always looking for the next, the next, the next. And so having a vision that is a little bit shorter sometimes can be something that you can, you can get closer to, and maybe you can revisit that vision and update it or whatever, so that as you're becoming bigger or more, um, more of a, a substantial player in in the market, then taking a look at the longer view makes sense. But when you're young, sometimes five years is a long time, you know? Yeah. So it depends, right? Mm-hmm. So It really does. So I would not say a hard and fast rule on that one. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah, and I would say this article that we were reading, they really were talking about, you know, one of their headings is plan ahead, way ahead, and they, they, they wanted to start 
by thinking ahead 10 to 15 years. And I, when I first read that, I thought, oh my gosh, I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> Just because that's a long time. Yeah. And there are a lot of big organizations that don't think that way anymore either because we live in a different world. And um, you know, from when I started in business, you could look out that long and that would be probably, that would make sense. But we now live in a world that changes by the terror second, right? And, yeah. and it's kind of hard to envision really, really far out, especially when your workforce is not committed to staying more than maybe a year or three. And your, your organization may not be willing to, um, you know, do whatever, provide the benefits that would keep somebody in their job from the first day they start to 30 to 40 years later, right? They just don't do yeah. that anymore. Which I think, though, is why it is important that there is a vision statement. Yes. So there's continuity. It yes. creates that continuity for organizations. Um, so a few things to consider, and we wanted to give you some step-by-steps on how to actually do it. So one of the the first things you have to do is figure out those questions, which we did talk a little bit about. Like mm-hmm. Those are the kinds of things you want to go ahead and gather a group of people around to figure out. And that's kind of a key question. Who, who is the right team to actually set that? This article says that the CEO is really the right person to set that. We actually would say that that's true sometimes, Mm -hmm. but we also think it's probably really important to have the senior executive team participate more in that. Yes. Yeah. I think that the, you know, the CEO may have the vision in her or his head and can certainly put that down as a foundation to start from, right? But it's really the people at the table who are bringing their talent, their their experience, their their ideas as well. I mean, they're they're being paid to bring that kind of more strategic view of the world, you know, that long view. I would, I would want to have them involved in that, you know, and I think it would make for a stronger organization if the leadership of more than one leader were to set that tone, you know. Yeah. As far as steps to take there, we encourage you to make sure that you're engaging, of course, the CEO, that is the person who should be leading this effort, mm-hmm. but that they're highly engaged with their executive team. And then who knows, there may be other people in your organization, we would say, be open to that. Mm -hmm. Visioning, though, is not necessarily something where you would involve the whole organization in a visioning process. And, and the reason for that, if we're talking about setting it for the whole organization, is that the role of the executives, the role of the CEO is to be looking out really far and to see the perspective of the entire organization. As you go further down into the organization, they're, what they're accountable for and what their value that they're bringing has to do with the area that they are working in. And they can set a vision for their area, but not necessarily for the whole organization because they just hold a different perspective. Well, and quite frankly, it's that's a big ask. It's a huge lift, you know, for someone who doesn't know that set how to set vision or even, you know, how where where would you start? And for people who have never had jobs that were broad enough or or large enough that they can look at things a lot more globally, it's it's pretty huge 
job to try and have someone who's got a much more laser focus on um, the work that is at hand that needs to be done to satisfy the the department goals yeah. as opposed to saying what do we want to look like <laughs> you know how many years down the line yeah. it's a really large ask and i think it it would probably test some people's skill sets because it does take experience and it takes some failures sometimes and that resilience of lifting yourself back up and and growing from that to be able to see a vision. You know, there are people who fail and they don't bounce back very well. And so I'm not sure that I could follow a vision, you know, if someone doesn't know what it's like to, you know what, we live through this. We'll we'll get through this. And we're going to make stumbles along the way, but you know, this is going to be cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah, they're yeah. holding they're holding the vision. Yeah. Yeah. So here's some common mistakes that people make is that the CEO takes a backseat. So this just really, and this comes from the article. This is kind of what we were just talking about. The CEO does need to lead this effort. We would definitely agree with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Another mistake that can be made is that you only really touch on the surface of this, you know, that you're not really taking a deep dive and looking at what is this, you know, when, when it's done correctly, it is not a fun project sometimes it's it's a hard project it's emotional it is something that is um it can be pretty awkward you can feel like you don't know what you're doing it's um and it's it's very revealing about not only your organization the people in it but what this organization stands for and so um just touching on the surface because that's more comfortable is not deep enough. You have to you have to get to the uncomfortable part sometimes to really see what is it? What is the foundation of this organization? What do we look like in the future? What do we want us to look like in the future, right? Yeah, and I think the whole purpose of that vision statement is to stand apart from where you currently are. Yes. And so it takes a lot of courage and it takes vulnerability to stand apart and say, we are going to do something really different. We're going to do something that probably most people can't even see how we're going to get there. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to lead you there. And that takes that takes that courage piece. Yeah, I agree with you. It's it's brave, right? It's brave. It is. And it is for people who go through that process, talk about an amazing leadership skill. Yeah. Um, it's It is something that builds a lot in a leader and the strengths that you build from that kind of exercise and and revisiting that exercise and living that exercise can be um, so great for your career. It really can be. Another mistake that people oftentimes make is the vision is created in isolation and withers on the vine. So this we talked a little bit about already, where it just stays with the executive with the CEO and the executive team, it's really important to start to move it down into the organization, Mm -hmm. help employees understand why this is important, how it relates to the organization and what their actual role is in helping to make this vision a reality. You know, if I could just say something about that. One thing I've noticed often is when, not often, but I've noticed is um, when that act of, of creating a vision and even doing most of the communicating on a vision takes place 
at the top, but doesn't necessarily cascade down through the organization in a way that people understand or even get. That creates a gap between what a leader believes the the connection they believe they have with the workforce and the workforce's perception of the disconnection they have with leadership. Yeah. So when you look at engagement and the leader says, no, I think I've really, you know, I am, my folks are right on board. They get what we're doing. We communicate our vision. We do this, you know, we're very transparent. And then the employees are saying, we don't know who our leaders are. We don't understand what, what we're doing and why. That is a, a wake-up call that that vision needs to be explored and it needs to be um, communicated differently. And maybe it is go to small groups, talk to them, have them tell you what they envision, what did they see as the vision, what do they understand, and then talk about it until everybody's on the same page because that can be very engaging for people if they, if they know that leadership will sit down with them and talk to them about that kind of thing. It goes miles you get all sorts of leverage with that yeah so i think what we're saying here is that when we're talking about steps to take to mm -hmm. actually i wasn't going to go that route but yeah you can go that route steps to take <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> is that we want to make sure that the communication piece is planned for mm -hmm. and actually happens mm -hmm. and that key piece of that is that people understand what it is, what the vision is, and why you're doing it. Yes. Why, yeah. They were talking about some best practices in this article, and, and quite frankly, there's one that I cannot get on board with. <laughs> and I, I think we talked about this before. Oh, yeah. And, and I'm, thankfully, you don't, you're not on board with it either. And it is about reviewing your vision often. And, you know, I do believe in reviewing the vision. I just don't believe in reviewing it quarterly. Yeah. I, I think about all the work I have to do from January 1st to December 31st, and you want me to quarterly take a look at the vision and see how we're doing. And maybe, I don't know, course correct. I'm not quite sure if we're talking about a vision that's multiple years long, quarterly seems a little excessive. Yeah. And quite frankly, I don't know that it would be kind of like over surveying people. You know, we get survey fatigue when when every department does a survey every year, right? And they do it of all the departments. So you've got like 10, 15, 20 <laughs> surveys you're doing throughout the year and people get tired of them and yeah. they stop paying attention. It's a consequence of looking at the vision that often. It can be like, you're throwing this at me. You're, you're, you know, shoving it down my throat. I don't need to be touching the vision this often. People will be a part of the vision if you make it compelling if you make it something with passion if you you know if you if you try to find ways to inspire people if you involve them in it that's one thing but you don't have to do it so often yeah and of course you're going to take a look at that vision we've got some major disruption happening in the world in our markets things yes. like the pandemic a big market crash, something like that. Mm -hmm. It could be some big innovation that happens in your industry. You're going to want to take a look at your vision then. But yeah, it doesn't happen, have to be quarterly. Also with that, I would just say is that is a real point of sort of disconnection and disillusionment for employees too. Mm -hmm. So if you're reviewing your, you're actually shifting your vision statement too frequently, and people just start not believing you anymore. They think, right. well, 
I'm getting whiplash. So by the time the CEO resets the vision and it gets communicated throughout the organization and interpreted for each employee about what it means for them and they're shifting it again, Mm -hmm. then it's like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to put my head down and I'm going to just do what I know that I know I can do rather than trying to get their heart again revved up for this new vision and another new vision and another new vision. Well, it's mixed messages, right? I mean, it it can be interpreted as mixed messages, especially if, interestingly enough, if they just changed a word or a phrase, it can change the meaning of the vision. Or it can be that it doesn't change the meaning of the vision at all. But if you've got people constantly looking at that kind of thing because there's been a difference, they may have just finally gotten on board with what the last one is. And you're asking them now to take a look at this and what do I trust? What can I trust about what we do? Trust is huge. And mixed messages can be a huge reason why people lose trust in something in an organization and quite frankly, why a board of directors would as well. Yeah. Right. Yep. So I love this one. I think you'll agree with me on this one. Consider using an outside facilitator. Oh, yeah. We yeah, actually yeah. do think this is a really important step. And one of the biggest reasons why is because that allows you as a leader to participate in the process. Absolutely. And that's really important so that you get your voice heard as well without actually being the person who's got the most power in the room and also has power of the pen. No perceived, um, you know, hidden agendas. It allow, I love the idea that it allows the leader to participate as an equal member of the team and having a person who is facilitating, who's not um, personally involved in the organization is so important because there's no bias coming into it. There's no, there's no, um, not their own hidden agenda. There, there isn't some uh, focus that they want to achieve because they're doing it for the benefit of the organization that is hiring them, yeah, right? And so that's really important too. I, I love the, um, that idea partly because we both do this, you know, yeah, and, right. and we like doing this kind of work. It's really cool to see a group of people who start out pretty confused, maybe a little concerned that they're not going to be able to make that vision by the end of a time period and to finish that that time period with a solid vision statement where everybody feels really proud of the fact that they did something and they know that it really touches on what they do yeah. to me is it's it's pretty cool to watch i love it yeah and then their last best practice is to communicate the vision frequently mm-hmm. and they share that from their experience it takes most people 8 to 12 times to hear something before it truly resonates and we would agree on that yeah yeah And I think you know you've communicated maybe enough (laughs) when people start complaining about how often you've communicated. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, a lot of of times organizations will put it on the wall, right? Every conference room will have the vision. And so that's another way to, you know, have it be visible. And to use it in things like, you know, the an annual message or to put it in a quarterly town hall or some kind of forum where everybody is present or most people are present so that they can hear it again. And maybe they'll say in support of our vision, 
yeah. you know, of, right. of this being the vision. Yeah. Here's what we're doing right now. And yeah. this is a step in the right direction. Or this, And it's inspiring when people know that they're moving in a direction that everybody wants to move, right? Yeah. So one common question we get is, what's the difference between a mission and a vision? <laughs> and when do you write a mission versus a vision? So technically, a vision is where you're going, and a mission is what you do. Right. Like, what's what's the work that you do as an organization every day or as an individual every day? We were looking for some examples of the difference between a mission and a vision. Yeah. <laughs> it was and interesting. Our, yeah. <laughs> In our quick little <laughs> search, what we found seems like there's a lot of companies right now that are kind of mushing those together. In fact, Mm -hmm. it was very hard to even find a vision statement that organizations put out on their website. So I thought I would go ahead and we'll just read a couple of these for inspiration for people. So REI, they have a, they call it a vision, but actually in the statement, they call it a purpose. So REI's core purpose is to inspire, educate, and outfit for a lifetime of outdoor adventure and stewardship. Yeah, I think that one's pretty good. I do too. Yeah. It, you can get a little emotion there, uh, get a little attached to it, feel your heart. And yet it doesn't give you the steps A to Z yeah. to get there, right? Yeah. Which is more in tune with what a vision is, yeah. right? Yeah. Microsoft didn't call it either. <laughs> they just stuck it on their their as their opening statement. They say, empowering others. Our mission is to empower every person and every organization on the planet to achieve more. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. So they they didn't label it as a mission, but it does say mission in the actual statement. It's very broad. Yeah. Wow. They're old, very old. Mm-hmm. We're showing our age here. Their old vision was a computer on every I think it was a computer on every desk or a computer in every home. Yeah. Yeah. But that was a little more clear about what the contribution was going to be. This one is pretty open. Well, they pretty much achieved that vision, right? Yeah, they did. So there you go. They did. So you've heard us talk many times about our our Lomis, which are our... We love. <laughs> it's an in-house composter. We love it. Yeah. And they're made by Pella. Mm-hmm. And their vision, I really like this one, is we see a future where garbage is optional. I love that too. I love that. I can't even, me- I can't even envision that yet. Yeah. You know, to me, it's like, how can you make that happen? Yeah. Where we are right now. But I think it's quite hopeful actually that if if you say it and you throw it out there in the world that something's going to happen right yeah yeah it's very cool and i have one one last one and and you're if you're wondering why did i choose these companies one is because i felt like their statements are aligned with what we're trying to do on the podcast but also um rei microsoft and our last one here starbucks they all have a very big presence here in our Mm -hmm. local area in the pacific northwest so their mission, so this is their mission statement, which to us sounds a bit more like a vision statement, is to inspire and nurture the human spirit, one person, one cup, and one neighborhood at a time. So for me, that because it's so inspiring, it felt 
a little more visiony. So for those of you that are trying to figure out, is it a vision? Is it a mission? Which one should I write? I think it's one of those things that while there's a technical answer, it's okay to relax and just say, okay, what's going to be most inspiring Mm -hmm. and aligning for my team, my organization for me, and not worry too much about the technical aspect of it. And if you really want to go back to the world of Star Trek, (laughs) they said their five-year mission And so I won't go into what they said their five-year mission was, but they called it a mission. But if I were to go back today, knowing what I know today about mission and vision, I would call it a vision. So if if you're a Star Trek fan and you know what the um, opening to Star Trek is, you know, (laughs) our five-year mission, um, think about it, you know, go back and look at it and say, is that a vision or is that a mission? But to Crystal's point, it is really... It's up to you to decide whether you want to call it a mission or a vision. Yes, there are technical differences, but at the end of the day, does it really matter if it inspires you? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And some people even call it a purpose. That's what we yes. called ours, a purpose. Yes. Um, and then one more to sort of circle back to where we started with Earth Day. So earthday.org, their mission is to diversify, educate, and activate the environmental movement worldwide. Mm. And I thought that's inspiring. Yes, it is. Yeah. And it is, it's years to come. They're going to be, for years to come, they're going to be able to follow that vision. Yeah. It's very awesome. Yeah. So we've been talking about visions and we've been talking about Earth Day and our environment and everything. And we have somebody, we, we know somebody we want to celebrate with. Yes. And that is... A guest that we had not too many months ago, and that's Jeff McAuliffe, who is the author and publisher of a weekly newsletter, and it's an e-letter, I believe, an e-newsletter, and it's called 52 Weeks of Earth Day. And Jeff has been on this mission vision for many years. And it started in 1970 when he was in high school and his school celebrated the very first Earth Day. And that had a huge impact on him. And I hope that if you want to hear our interview with Jeff, I hope that you'll go back in and listen to that interview because he really did in his story talk about what that did for him and how that kind of set him on the course to you know being an environmental activist for all these years right and and his family I think his whole family they're they're like that but you know we want to celebrate with Jeff because he just celebrated his first year of offering a weekly newsletter called the 52 weeks of of Earth Day. And I have to give a huge shout out to him for this because I didn't really know about this newsletter until right before we interviewed him. I've been reading it ever since. And his topics are deep. His topics are really, really important. They're current. They're now. They're everything that's going on. He addresses things that are on people's minds and in their hearts that we can do things about and things that we need to be concerned about that maybe we haven't really thought much about. He's just, I think he's hitting the mark. And I hope people will go on LinkedIn and look up Jeff McAuliffe, because I think you'll find his newsletter to be so noteworthy. If you're into the environment or if you're interested in our future of our earth, this is really an important 
piece that is being produced by a really amazing man. Yeah. You know, he's, he's just, he's got so much um, richness in not only his writing, but just in his beliefs. Yeah. It's really wonderful. What I really love about it is it's so actionable. A lot of what he writes about is things that he's actually doing. Yes. To make a, make a difference. So it's things that you and I can do every day to make a difference, to make a better world. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's what gives me hope is yes. when I can actually take some action. It's all about hope. This could be a doomsday thing. It really could yeah. be. But he's chosen the the side of the coin that really talks about the hope of it. And I'm grateful for that because I think I do believe there's hope in where we're going. We just have to be diligent. We have to be on our game. One of the things that Jeff shared um, in his recent post was that when he was when he first learned about Earth Day, his class was introduced to a poet, Gary Snyder, who wrote a poem called Smokey the Bear Sutra. And it was an essay basically on environmental handbook. And so it inspired him. It was inspirational. And interestingly enough, I'll say that lo these fifty three years later, he posted in his last post, a poem that Gary Schneider wrote in 1974 that he felt was really timely for today. Do you want to read it or do you want me to read it? Sure, I can read it. Okay. Yeah. So it's called For the Children, The Rising Hills, The Slopes of Statistics Lie Before Us, The Steep Climb of Everything Going Up, Up As We All Go Down. In the next century, or the one beyond that, they say, our valleys, pastures, we can meet there in peace, if we make it. To climb these coming crests, one word to you, to you and your children. Stay together, learn the flowers, go light. I think that's beautiful. Mm. Yeah. What a lovely note to end our 50th episode. Yes, I'm still pinching myself on yeah. that one. I'm glad we talked about this. You know, vision is such an important thing. And we have so many, many visions that we have for this podcast and for our futures as, as professionals in coaching and consulting. But, but for this earth, you know, the reason we do this podcast at all is, you know, to help leaders who want to make a better world. And, and I think that that is an amazing purpose and vision. And, um, and I'm glad we chose this day to talk about it. So I'd like to just close today's segment with our vision. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Thank you. So our vision, and we use the word purpose in it, is our purpose is to elevate leaders' capabilities to positively leverage the impact they have on the world's most critical challenges through energizing and unleashing the power of every voice. So let's keep the conversation going. Oh, Crystal, I don't want us to forget we've got one more thing to talk about. And What's that, that is we've got we've got a, a big deal coming up here on the twenty sixth of May. 
You remember what it is? VUCA Vanquished. Yes, VUCA Vanquished. And what is that? It's going to be a workshop, basically. Right? Yeah, a, a workshop, a gathering. There's a lot of power in gathering. Yes, ma'am. And so I we're agree. going to share a little information, but we're also going to give you a chance to interact with each other. Yes. And to get some connection and support and additional ideas and energy and inspiration from each other. Oh, that sounds so Michael, doesn't it? Michael Melcher? <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's kind of building your network, isn't it? Right. So this this new workshop or this gathering is going to be focused on resilience in leadership. This one-hour gathering is going to take place at 10 a.m. Pacific time on May 26th. And the focus is on sustaining and inspiring a healthy, trusting culture in the midst of major change. And boy, we know about major change. It's been going on from dirt. (laughs) It's been going on basically since the beginning of time. But it does seem overwhelming sometimes because we all keep so much in our heads these days, right? So the rate of change is just, you know, we, we can see it has just... So exponential we, growth there. And so we hope that anybody who's interested, and if you are interested and you know others who might be interested, let them know about this because it's going to be fun. We will be putting out more information as we get into May, and um, we'll make sure that everybody's got links and information on how to get to us, and um, we're looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. Yeah, check out our website. It'll be there. Absolutely. We hope to see you. So let's keep the conversation going. If you have questions or comments about the show, you can find us on all our social media channels at lifting underscore leaders. There are so many exceptional podcasts coming up more with fantastic guests. So be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple podcasts or wherever you listen. If you know someone who would find this episode inspiring, share it with them, text them, email them, or take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram and tag us at lifting underscore leaders. If you'd like to know more about us, our guests, or the show, please go to our website at liftingleaderspodcast.com. You'll find show notes there as well. If you're looking for help in developing your leaders or would like a growth opportunity yourself through leader coaching, please contact us through our website at www.liftingleaderspodcast.com. Thank you to Ari Chance Roberts for his technical support of our show. Lastly, please subscribe to our podcast. It's free. Thank you, Trisha, for this fun conversation. Thank you, Krista, and happy 50th. Yeah, (laughs) thank you. Thanks to our audience for listening. Find ways every day to lift each other up. (laughs) Okay. Oh, dang, I don't have my notes for that. Let me, okay, I'll go see if I can find mine. There's a lot going on, and one well, really, I, I really, say, really... Oh, go. Okay. <laughs> We're going to edit that part out. <laughs> go ahead. So you were saying we, we got a lot going on. <laughs> we got a lot going on this week. We've got a big thing, which is tomorrow, right? Can we say tomorrow? <laughs> Sorry. It would have been... It would have been... It would have been... It was yeah. yesterday. Yeah. It would have... No. <laughs> yeah, well, it would have been Saturday. Last yeah, Saturday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah.